Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us, of course, on Mile High Sports. Dot com. Listen, of course, Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD, 3 FM in the Denver area, of course, or on milehighsports.com worldwide. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can go to the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed and find us. I am at Mace Denver. Eric Goodman is at Eric Goodman. If you want to join the conversation on the Go Fast Energy Drink hotline and text line, that's 303 303- 831-1340-303-831-1340. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Now, we are efforting a little uh, Bengals chat right now. We are currently efforting a reporter from Cincinnati. We're gonna get it. Yes. We are going to get Bengals you, chat. Yes. We are definitely going to get this Bengals is, This chat. is a relevant opponent playing a relevant game. Unlike last week, I don't think we spent more than two minutes on the Detroit Lions last week leading into the Broncos-Lions game. It's a little different this week. Right. Two seven and six teams effectually, effectively and elimination game and Joe Burrow not practicing today in Cincinnati with that fingering Joe. All right. With that, I want to go out to the hotline. I want to bring in a longtime friend of mine. Mo Egger does the afternoon drive show on ESPN in Cincinnati. And if there's anything that I know about Cincinnati people, it is two things. One skyline chili is the best chili ever created. And Pete Rose should be in the hall of fame. Or is it gold star? No, it's skyline chili is the best ever created. And Pete Rose should be in the hall of fame. Do you echo those sentiments? Mo? I feel I feel more strongly about Skyline Chili than I do Pete Rose, but yes, like like any good Cincinnatian, I believe that Pete should be in the Hall of Fame, but I feel more strongly and more attached to Skyline. Okay, there you go. Well, I you know what? I'll probably have to agree with you on that, even though I'm not a huge fan of Skyline Chili. With that, um, I'm not going to necessarily suggest the Bengals season has mirrored the Broncos season, even though they both have seven and six records. But Broncos fans will gripe, and rightfully so. The Broncos have been ridiculously inconsistent this year. I'm guessing Bengals fan would say, hold my beer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's been the hallmark of this team. It's It's been remarkable. I mean, they've, they've had blowout wins against arch nemesis Pittsburgh and Baltimore. They had a puzzling loss to the New York Jets. Uh, they had a game, you know, coming on the heels of a, of a great performance against the Steelers two weeks ago. They come right back out. They fall behind 24 nothing in the first 20 minutes against the Chargers. And then this past Sunday, they were they were dead in the water for three quarters. Joe Burrow brings them back from down 14 points in the fourth quarter. They go to overtime, they're on the doorstep of winning, and then they get a little bit too conservative. They lose the game at overtime. But frankly, I think the Bengals and Broncos mirror what feels like 75% of the league, right? I mean, that, that's sort of come to define 
all but one or two teams in the NFL this year. Massive inconsistency. That has certainly been a hallmark of this team this year here in Cincinnati. So over the course of the season, it's been, it seems like it's been good Bengals and bad Bengals, and sometimes it's good Bengals for a whole game and bad Bengals for a whole game. The last couple of weeks, it seems like we've seen the good and the bad happening kind of on a quarter-by-quarter quarter basis. I mean, what do the Bengals need to do to channel, to, to channel their form when they're playing well and, and extend it over the course of 60 minutes again? You, you know, as cliche as it sounds, when this team has struggled, the wounds have been self-inflicted. Go back to the uh, to the Chargers game two weeks ago. That game was lost because they couldn't protect the football. They had a, a, a slew of turnovers early in the game, and they had a massive Joe Mixon fumble as they were driving to take the lead uh, early in the fourth quarter. He just simply dropped the football. It wasn't stripped away. He didn't suffer a hit. He drops it. It's returned the other way. They go from being down two to being down nine with really no chance to win the football game. That's been their issue. Even this week, uh, this past game, uh, two muffed punts. Uh, they had a muffed kickoff. Things like that have really shrunk in this team's margin for error. They're winning against the Jets in the fourth quarter. And Joe Burrow throws a pick while they're trying to salt the game away to a guy that's like three feet in front of him. Um, he could have done anything with the ball. He throws it in the guy's bread basket. The Chicago game, second game of the season. Defense plays well to win. Burrow has some turnovers. As great as Joe Burrow has been, and he's been really, really good at times this year, and as, as, as great as we think he's going to be, He's got to do a better job of protecting the football. He's got to do a better job of, uh, of making decisions when he's, when he's throwing. He's got to do a better job of not forcing the ball into tight windows. When this offense doesn't turn it over, when this team doesn't shoot itself in the foot, certainly from an offensive standpoint, they're really formidable. That They can sometimes score at absolute will because they've got a great slew of weapons. But the, the equalizer in this league is often turnovers, and this team, when it's gotten in its own way, um, you know, again, shrinks the margin for error, and, and the result of that is a team that has a good record but probably doesn't have a record as good as it should have. We're talking with Mo Egger, host the show an Afternoon Drive on ESPN Radio in Cincinnati. Uh, there have been times historically when you ask who's the best football team in the state, the Browns, the Bengals, or the Buckeyes, sometimes you probably have to say the Buckeyes. The Browns have been down for much longer, but for the Bengals, the peaks have been high with a Ken Anderson, a Boomer Esiason, a Carson Palmer for sure, and then Andy Dalton, but the but the valleys have been just really, really low. Do you feel with the roster that has been assembled, you are on an upward tra trajectory as high as you could possibly see? Uh, yeah, the, the trajectory of this franchise is pointed upward. And let's face it, the primary reason why is they've got a quarterback who's worth building around. You know, nothing against Andy Dalton. Andy has and had a lot of attributes, but he was never going to be a guy that you thought, you know what, this guy can lift us to a championship. And this guy can keep us relevant and can win football games, even if we don't have, you know, a great offensive line or a terrific defense or, or if the skill guys, if there's injuries there. With Joe Burrow, you feel like you're always going to be at least relevant. And he's worth building around. And I think they've done a pretty good job of building at least a very good group of wide receivers, a good group of skill guys, an offensive line that has been better this year, although certainly not great, and a defense that has been okay, right? And, and I think that was the blueprint coming into this season. They're going to try to outscore people. With Joe Burrow, you can do that. Now, defensively, you know, we've seen, we've seen some weeks in which they've played very, very well. 
we've seen some weeks in which they've really, really struggled. But, yeah, I, I think if, if you look at the fact that the front office has been willing to spend money in free agency and acquire players in their prime, not just bargain basement guys, but actual, you know, second contract dudes that can make your team better, the fact that they've got the quarterback piece in place, the fact that I feel like they have their coach who's done a pretty good job of turning over the locker room in his image, uh, they're not a finished product. They've got a lot of work to do, and their history sort of looms over everything they do moving forward. But yes, I believe the trajectory of this franchise is pointed upward. You mentioned their defense, and the Broncos, of course, they're going to try to win this game on the ground with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. If you go by some metrics, Bengals' run defense looks like uh, looks like one of the best. If you go by others, like the DVAOA on Football Outsiders, it's not a good run defense. What is the truth about the Bengals against the run? They're okay. They're not great. They're, they're a team you can run against. It would surprise me if you just ran up and down them. They're, they're, the interior of their defensive line has been better this year. Um, and they're a more sure tackling team than they were for, for years. I mean, you know, you go back a couple of years ago, we all remember Lamar Jackson just abusing Bengals defenders in the open field. Uh, they're, they're a more sure tackling team, which, you know, let's face it, that's half the battle. But they're not exactly stout. You can beat them on the edge. Um, but the interior of that defensive line with D.J. Reader, big free agent acquisition from the Texans prior to last season, they've been okay. I tend to think, though, that if you're going to expose them on their defense, it's the middle of the field. Their best linebacker, Logan is not going to play this week. He didn't play this past week. George Kittle absolutely abused the Cincinnati Bengals in the middle of the field. Noah Fon is not George Kittle. But if I'm looking at Cincinnati defensively, I'm looking at their weak linebacker core, and I'm looking at their safeties who haven't performed as well as one might have thought. They've also got some injuries at the cornerback position, but they've, sort of, they've done a pretty good job of getting by. You want to try to run exclusively against this team, you'll probably have some success. But if you really want to beat them, go after them right in the middle of the field, and that's exactly what the 49ers did this past Sunday. You want me to tell you the number one similarity? Because don't downplay this, Mo. You want to know the number one similarity between George Kittle and Noah Fant? What's that? They both went to Iowa. Other than that, they're nothing right. alike. Other than that, they are Correct. nothing alike. Okay, so you had a chance to watch one of the best wide receivers in NFL history in A.J. Green. I know it is early, but when people watch Jamar Chase, are people already comparing Chase to Green? Yeah, first seven games, NFL record, 754 receiving yards. And look, he's, he's made headlines with the deep ball, but he's actually proven to be a pretty good route runner. He's proven to be somebody who can get some yards after the catch. He had a couple of huge clutch catches in that fourth quarter comeback against the San Francisco 49ers. And he's had uh, some issues dropping the football. That was a big narrative during the preseason, but the good has outweighed the bad. And, you know, look, Jamar Chase, if you're going to double him, then T. Higgins is going to make you pay, and Tyler Boyd's going to make you pay. Their, their trio of wide receivers is really, really enviable. But it starts with Jamar. He and the chemistry that Joe Burrow had at LSU, we've seen that unfold favorably here in Cincinnati. Uh, you are getting a chance to watch a guy who is in the conversation. This team has had great wide receivers. This franchise has had great wide receivers. Going back to Isaac Curtis in the 70s, obviously Chad Johnson, and you talked about A.J. Green. Jamar Chase is in that conversation. Zach Taylor, we haven't had really talked much about him, but of course, first couple of years, team struggled. 
last the second year had Joe Burrow got hurt. What is the general consensus and feeling about Zach Taylor as the Bengals head coach? Because because of course out here back in January of 2019, he was somebody the Broncos interviewed before they hired Vic Fangio. You know, I, I think you have to realize the first two seasons, if 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 there was a factor that could conspire against Zach Taylor having any kind of success, they did not in that first season do anything to make the roster better. Uh, they saddled him with a lame duck quarterback. Their first round pick that year did not play a game because he got hurt during OTAs. A.J. Green was injured for the season on the first day of camp. If it could go wrong, it did. And then you add to it the COVID year, rookie quarterback, turning over the roster, all that stuff. Burrow gets hurt week 10 last year. Um, you couldn't judge Zach by the win-loss record. But this year, obviously, the idea was we were going to judge, judge him by the win-loss record. Well, 7-6, and six, the Vegas over-under was 6.5. They've already exceeded a lot of people's expectations. I think the consensus here is... You love the leadership. You love the fact that even when this team was bad, they played hard for him. Uh, you love the fact that he's turned over the locker room, I think pretty quickly, uh, and gotten rid of some of the Marvin Lewis holdovers. I think if, if most Bengals fans had a rub with Zach, it's the fact that he remains the team's primary play caller. And I think there is a school of thought that would suggest that the offense could perhaps function a little bit better if they had a true offensive coordinator who also wasn't the head coach, because they've had times this year where the offense has totally spun its tires, specifically early in games. And so how much of that is on the coach? If you love the quarterback and you love the weaponry they have, then I think you point the finger at the coach. That dynamic is not going to change, so it's not really worth talking about all that much. But, yeah, I think most are comfortable with the job that Zach has done Again, if there's an issue that people have, it's a great play caller. But in my experience, in every city in the NFL, nobody likes the caller, the, the person calling the plays. So that's kind of par for the course. Uh, I'm going to apologize right now on my show uh, because you're having me tomorrow on your show. It's my understanding. <laughs> I think I was your eighth choice. I will do the best that I can. I'm sorry the other seven guys turned you down. I don't know why they turned you down, uh, but I will try and put up a good showing for you on your show in afternoon drive tomorrow on ESPN Radio out there. Mo, thanks for your time, man. If it wasn't you, I don't know who it would be. I'm still there. You know what? I, I, I heard you emptied your Rolodex. and I th Did you DM me on Twitter? Uh, I'm stuck, and you're the only one I can find. Did you write that, or is that somebody else from another market? Maybe it was just me. Because I think uh, we lost Mo. <laughs> anyway, want to thank Mo Egger, ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, for joining us. Coming up after the break, Jamal Murray. When is he coming back? I know a lot of people are really, really hopeful. You better temper your expectations. We'll tell you why next. Doing all that Jedi.